0: Hey, this is Jesse. Hi, this is Helen. And we're Asian Bitches Down Under, chatting about all things uh, that we've been consuming this week in arts, culture, music, TV. It's been a very, very interesting week for the both of us. Mm -hmm. We've um, a lot of things happening in terms of, you know, some neo-Nazi and anti-trans protests in Melbourne. Um, Helen wants to talk about Harmony Day and her Thoughts about that. Uh, we're going to dig into the books that we've read and the movies that we've seen. Uh, first of all, Helen, how are you?
1: Um, I'm feeling so tired. <laughs> I think it's just because I've got my period this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, too much information, but <laughs> I just no, never. Very tired, and this week's weather has been really strange. You know, we're heading into almost like an autumn climate, but. Um, it's been we we had like huge thunderstorm yesterday afternoon.
0: Yeah, there so, were a couple um, of flashes of lightning where I uh, where I am in sorry in the inner west of Sydney, um, but it didn't storm. It just was like lightning yeah. flashes of lightning when I was outside having a walk and carrying an umbrella and thinking, "Holy moly, I should get back home." But I yeah. always fear that I'll get um, struck by lightning. But lightning, I know. I know. Even though the chances yeah, are probably so, quite slim. very rare.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I was saturated when I was picking up my kid. Oh yeah. Um, talking about tiredness, um, a couple of weeks ago Jamie Lee Curtis put out <laughs> like a an announcement or something on her social yeah. media uh saying that concerts should be held, uh, held during daytimes rather than night. Um I was like, Yeah, I'm totally up for that because I cannot function
0: after, after the yes. I can't I can't <laughs> function after nine. Well, like I, I can. Uh, the only thing I want to do after nine o'clock is read or watch a movie. Yes, I don't want to be around people. I don't, unless they're like my closest friends or family. Mm. I don't want to mm. be in a crowd. You know, I just, I'm like, ugh. Uh, but anyway, can you just go on with um, Jamie Lee's uh, post because it was quite funny
1: yeah and i think she actually got the response she was asking for a band that asked you know why they have this their concert late at night and
0: apparently the band responded or oh, wait wait didn't she say uh, isn't this but didn't she say specifically address Coldplay she said i want to play oh i want to see Coldplay at 1pm or oh, was it was it
1: Coldplay i don't know if it was called Coldplay or something oh but you
0: sent me the screenshot oh did i i can't yeah, remember it it all see how she tired i in. Yeah, she said, I want to see Coldplay at 1 p.m. Yeah.
1: Well, apparently they replied and say that they will be holding a specific concert in the afternoon or something yeah. like that. Yeah,
0: there's something. And, and this, it goes back to this thing that I have never enjoyed in my life, and I know I'll be losing a lot of listeners by saying this, <laughs> but I just I, – I cannot – I don't really enjoy live music. And, I, and I've said mm. this before, um, unless yeah. it is um, jazz – uh, mm-hmm. And it's a small, v- small venue. Um, I don't mm-hmm. like live music because it's everything I hate. Like it's late into the night. Often bands freaking start playing at like after ten thirty. You know yeah. the headliners. Um, mm-hmm. I am dead by ten thirty. Like mm-hmm. no one, no one should have a conversation with me unless you're my partner after ten thirty. I just, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. It's often um in a crowded place, which I hate, and the the thing I hate the most, um, uh, loud like loud net sounds. Mm-hmm. Um and like i just i it's it's and you know i um i completely agree with um jamie lee kurtless um i only want to see matinee shows uh i had a friend of mine this week who went to a matinee in melbourne um and she was saying kind of like she was kind of like poking fun at the crowd because usually it's like you know very old people um Mm -hmm. who go attend matinees but i'm like i would love to just go only to matinee shows i mean obviously we can't because unless it's the weekend because we work during the day. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, even even kind of like, sh- you know, sometimes at the Opera House and I'm not attacking the Opera House, obviously, but I just have noticed that um, events at the Opera House, when they have headline speakers, often they start at like eight o'clock. Yes. I- I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know, it's just a bit too late. Um, I think the perfect time to start a talk is seven, probably 6.30 or seven. And I, I love that Jamie Lee Curtis um, who you know as we all know recently won her first oscar i love that she said this because it's i, I just i love anything that you know anyone who tries I, I i love anything that she kind of she's just like someone who i feel is re- sort of underrecognized and underappreciated in hollywood because you know she's a nepo baby um but she's also very talented but also because of her um Sort of history with genre, genre films. Yeah, you know her yeah, really past awesome. with Halloween,
1: Halloween, yeah, and been, all that. Yeah, like her um, into yeah,
0: her one of the best films ever, Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan. Yes. Yeah, that oh, was really seriously. Fun. But also, um, and while we're mentioning Jamie Lee Curtis, I saw her in one of her earliest roles, I believe. I'm not quite sure, but she's quite young in this film. Last night we watched Trading Places um oh, 1983 oh. film with Eddie Murphy have you seen that helen
1: that's the one before coming to america uh, isn't it? yeah i
0: think so yeah and it's yeah, also- my husband
1: keeps saying that we need to watch that film but then i just keep putting it off
0: oh my one of my favorite yeah. people in the world i won't tell you who um <laughs> I won't say publicly who um oh it's not billy by the way um someone else who deeply deeply i care for they told me they have told me to see it um for so long mm. and um i wasn't i was never in the mood uh, last night i was in the mood and we watched it and it's terrific there is i have to oh, say okay. one particular scene that has drastically aged terribly um i won't spoil it for you but um if you guys listeners out there who have seen the movie you clearly know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. but um other than that terrific film so much fun it's it's terrific i loved it
1: Mm, okay i'll definitely plan the time to go and watch trading places coming back to uh speaking about jamie lee curtis on her point about having shows at the middle of the day, um, I did put out a question out to our followers on IG, and funny enough that all the response that I got was like, yet yeah, I'm up for it, you know, ha- get the shows during the day. I cannot put up with any late nights. Yeah. And most of our listeners are similar age to us. They're not like f- a past 50s, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess it's like you don't want to – stay up too late to you Oh, it's almost like you have to have a couple of coffees to go to that late night show. And then by the end of the show, because of the caffeine, you come for a sleep and right. it's, it's become problematic next day. You don't get enough sleep. Mm. Especially if the show is on like a Sunday night and you have to work on one day. Um, for me is I, I feel like if it's at the middle of the day, I understand that people prefer Maybe some people prefer it's nighttime because the atmosphere—I don't know. There's some sort of mysterious, dark atmosphere that you enjoy. But during the daytime, like after the concert or the show, you can still go out and have an early dinner with your friends, and you can get a good night's sleep.
0: After yeah, morning. I think. Um, I think also, um, live music is a young person's um vocation or like. Mm. leisure activity I feel like because when you're young you're I guess obviously you have more energy but also young people go out at night to find like find sexual partners I guess or like find their like a lot of single people you know Mm -hmm. go out to find um, to do stuff like you know go to see live music to find romantic partners perhaps Mm. Um, there's a youth culture around live music that um, I think you know i'm not saying obviously um older people don't go and see music it's just like i feel um i feel like any public space that um cater that any kind of public gathering at night for me um has this kind of fundamental essence of youthfulness in it or like mm-hmm. the sense of like um a bunch like young younger people gathering because you know um when you're younger you want to meet more people you have more time and space to um engage with other people you know um and when you're older i think that kind of um spark and that kind of nocturnal excitement loses its spark i i feel personally anyway
1: um Mm -hmm.
0: i i definitely have gone out less but also because perhaps um as, like, someone who's in a couple, um, I feel like if I had a choice to go out or stay at home, I'd definitely try. I'd definitely rather stay at home. Like, um, being, being, like, older and also being um, in a relationship makes me definitely more domesticated. Um, <laughs> Domestic. And I'm so, like, it, yeah, the, the outside world has lost its appeal to me not com- not entirely but just like much more than it had when i was younger i'd, I'd say
1: mm-hmm, yeah but what about like classical music concerts i found that a lot of them don't start until seven thirty and 8 o'clock and if you have a three hour symphony yeah won't finish until past 10 o'clock
0: yeah, yeah yeah i just mostly i hate just the the um the transportation and the logistics of getting home after after a show like i think Uh um the other a few weeks ago we went to see the backstreet boys thankfully thank god because the guys are in their 50s um the show ended right like around quarter to 11 so -hmm. it wasn't too late thank Mm -hmm. thank fuck because i just hate late nights out um but yeah like after the show it was so tedious and kind of um annoying to have to find your way back home and the trains, um, the train station, Sydney, is
1: Sydney, train station. <laughs> Sydney train railway system is not the best. It's probably the, one of the worst.
0: Oh really? Well, I, I don't know because I've never done much research into you know other places. Um, so I don't know. But um, but yeah, I just I think if you are not kind of like someone who has the means to just take a taxi or an Uber, mm. um, mm-hmm. it's just like public transportation is so annoying to. Have to think about after, um, you know, after a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just uh, there's something about the nighttime that maybe uh, there are like obviously you can uh, older people maybe um, find themselves retaining that sense of you know wanting to go out at night. But for me, the nighttime is for young people. Like I just, I just, I I don't see myself feeling very comfortable or like enjoying. Uh, outdoor spaces at, at, at night. I feel like in Europe it might be a different vibe because in Europe, you know, they have dinner at like 11pm and mm-hmm. kids roam the streets at, you know, at late at night, late into the night. I know that a friend of mine went to Bologna a few years ago and said that, you know, there were like, uh, you know, uh, late into the night there were still whole families, you know, traversing the streets. And we don't have, really have that culture here in Australia. Um, but because
1: of the population density as well, it might happen more frequently within the metropolitan area. And I think it's quite, it's it's quite normal in Asia, most Asian countries as well, because shops yeah. are open late,
0: yeah,
1: and yeah, exactly, 30.
0: yeah. Everything closes at like six p.m. here in Sydney. Yeah, everything closes at four. Oh, yeah. it's <laughs> so depressing. Yeah
1: okay um speaking of evening events you have attend um, oh yeah
0: i've i've gone out every night this week um <laughs> but 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 um they have not been live music <laughs> uh-huh. um i feel like i'm shitting on live music i'm not um i love jazz mm-hmm. and i'll put it at that i'll just leave it at that um but yeah uh this week the um the organization which we love to give a shout out to called welcome merchant uh, it's a organization that um, helps power refugee powered um businesses um welcome merchant had an event on Tuesday Tuesday night I believe um in Parramatta mm. um I took my dear partner and we got lost um because we haven't been to Parramatta in a long time yeah, um has
1: changed so much oh
0: it is crazy Got it is insane it is, it
1: is insane very yeah.
0: I haven't been so there we before. um yeah. well the place we went to was situated in um a a sort of a building or a locale called five I V E. h-i-v-e oh, and okay. um and uh it was in uh paramatta square which kind of resembles Kind of like Darling Harbour slash Martin Place slash kind of any kind of typical modern day contemporary, um, CBD mm-hmm. situation. Like the buildings were so tall. Station. I was just, it is near the station. It's near Westfield. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, so this, um, particular event was situated around the Oigas, mm-hmm. um, who, uh, are obviously the oppressed population. Um, in East Tur- Turkestan, I went in not knowing much about this population. I know that a few years ago, um, the New York Times led a um, sort of really intense and um, and comprehensive investigation into the so-called concentration. I won't say so-called concentration camps; they are concentration Re-ed- camps. re-education. Yeah, yeah, and um, there were yeah, and um, there was a uh, panel. Mm-hmm. um on Saturday, on tuesday night um involving a couple of incredible female speakers just absolutely incredible and uh i uh was completely bought over i was completely bought over um by the way in which they talked about um their marginalization um the way in which they don't they don't like the fact that western media often portrays them as minorities um one of the speakers said they're not minorities they're actually the majority in that part of the world Mm -hmm. um they're just um, often described as the ethnic minority um because and and it was something about the way in which the selection of the words and the language used to describe them is also, they said it was kind of like also a form of oppression. Mm-hmm. Um, one panelist had a it had an issue with the word allegedly used by Western media. She doesn't. She said that she didn't appreciate kind of um, um, how Western media says, "Oh, this guy was allegedly taken to the camps or "allegedly um, allegedly kidnapped." Like um, the use of the word allegedly kind of um it it, inv- it, it is inval- well, I mean, it, it inv- invalidates the or, experience like, completely just denies their experience mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but i guess um western media because of so much uh the tiptoes so, around you know well, because i think because they're up. just trying to save themselves as in like yeah. i'm not trying to defend them obviously but yeah. i'm just i think because um because res- because of resource shortages and because of censorship in china mm-hmm. um it yeah. was uh you know for a lot of different reasons um perhaps a lot of people you throw in that word allegedly to save themselves from you know any legal backlash i'm not sure yeah, um, yeah. but you know i learn sitting there as like um a person who is half chinese like my our father is a cool our I don't know, like our dad, he's half Chinese and half Taiwanese, right? Mm-hmm. Right, hell? So like um, as someone who has Chinese blood in my body from running through my veins, um, it was quite um, interesting for me to sit there hearing the way in which um, they were calling out the Chinese government and the CCP and like identify and being like experiencing what it feels like to have, to be um, – Part of a population, or um, part of a culture that oppresses, uh, the, who has oppressed mm. um, these Uyghurs? I I still feel very like I I don't at all have any kind of authority over. Like I don't feel confident talking about this issue because I myself haven't done enough research to to say that I could like have any strong kind of just factual information about this issue, Mm. um, which is completely um, the fault of mine. But I guess I just wanted to come on this podcast and talk about the event itself Mm. and, you know, um, give those panellists and um, Welcome Merchant a shout-out because they're doing incredible work.
1: Okay, so it's called Welcome Merchant. Um, We will definitely share their link on our show notes and if anyone who are interested we really urge everyone to our listeners to, and you know check it out the events and their program um personally i even thought that our um ethnicity would have been regarded as chinese but i've been I, i've dissociated myself from chinese from uh, you know politically mm. for a very long time i always regard myself as chinese and I've been following in the operation of Uyghurs um for a period of time, you know, in the last couple yeah. of years. You're like,
0: way more well read than me. Yeah, so because
1: a lot of Chinese podcasters they talk about it and like you said, uh, Western media is because they use their own Western perspectives to go and investigate and often they are barricaded outside of certain areas that they cannot access and they are very limited sources that they can get to i think everyone really need to you know open up their eyes to see what the ccp are doing against this group of uh ethnicities okay. um and also yeah there they are something that i hope that taiwan can do a lot more better i think western medias need to approach Chinese journalists who had more insights who actually had approached people who escaped um, you know, from the re education camps as well, they had actual lived experience. And don't use the word allegedly because if the truth is there, telling the truth, you can't use allegedly. It's almost like, oh, you need someone to define what is real for you, even though so that you've experienced it yourself. Yeah. It's such a painful label. You know, it's like, I, I know that experience torture and disempowerment but then you know western media saying that oh n- just because that there are no uh records or there's yeah. no videos of it then we can only use allegedly because it's yeah. not true. and it's it's like a second time it's a second in time insult again okay yeah
0: yeah I guess it's like when rape victims are not believed. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, yes, that's oh almost yeah that's that's pretty much the same thing I think. Yeah. Hi there. If you're new to our show, thanks for tuning in into our program, and we hope you will stay with us for a very long time. And if you're a regular listener, we're forever grateful for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. It has really helped this podcast to gain a great exposure as our mission is to center the perspectives of people who look like us, who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation. So if you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Omni, Apple, Google or Spotify and leave a rating and review. And of course, as a small podcast program, we rely on listeners support to continue this work. Please do check out our Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation in order for us to continue to advocate the intersectionality in the podcast industry. you want to talk about John Wick? Oh, that's such
0: a weird segue. <laughs> that's
1: very strange. I didn't, I never thought about that you will watch John Wick.
0: Oh, well, I would I, um, you know, my favorite thing in the world is movies. Um, huh? I think, um, books and movies, um, are the reason I live and what I live for, nothing else. Um, and, um, I, i'm so grateful that i get to you know get invited to preview screenings and this was by studio canal um john wick four is the movie that um we went to see this week um terrific it's the best of the four um i um we had watched all three um in the last few weeks in the lead up just to refresh our minds, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh it's terrific. Um afterwards I went online and read and um read um Anthony is it Anthony Lane, the guy who writes for the New Yorker? forget his name, someone lane.
1: Anthony and something, yeah. I remember seeing his name. Yeah.
0: Um he uh the New York Times I' uh, sorry the New Yorker film reviewer, film critic, um he also agreed that it's the best of the four. Mm-hmm. Um there are dogs, there is a hot black man in it. Um there's a oh, that's enough for me. Yeah, exactly. There's an amazing there's amazing um there's an amazing end to the film. There's a great Donnie Yen, I think is his name. Um oh, plays yeah. a blind a, a blind assassin he's oh, terrific
1: why blind because he played a blind guy in rogue one in oh did he well. yeah. right
0: i didn't know that okay is there yeah, something uh,
1: to do with you just have to put an asian person that is with a disability
0: <laughs> really, really yeah <laughs> like hon chow in downsizing. I, think, hmm. I always think of hon chow and downsizing and yeah maybe a uh, hollywood thinks oh we'll just like um mush all the we'll just like um gather all the minority identities all in one push them all together you know make them queer as well as um with a disability as well as disability and a color yeah exactly just push them into one character i mean you often find that in money. Hollywood, yeah exactly hollywood films yeah let's budget let's let's put in all the different minorities into this one character yeah mm-hmm. um uh yeah it was great um and uh we had a lot of fun uh it, the nice. music is terrific um a lot of different kind of jumping around the globe paris mm-hmm. berlin uh, uh osaka was featured prominently it's um before i uh, finish up helen i want to say it is um two hours and 50 minutes
1: oh my goodness is that yeah that, that it, is longer, fucking, I think. it is
0: so i, I mean uh, this i had to go in being really kind of like um, I had to really uh, psych myself up. I anyway. Yeah, because, <laughs> because as you know, um, I don't like books over 200 pages and I don't like movies over an hour and a half. Mm, um, and obviously. this was <laughs> almost three hours, um, but it's it never felt tedious. Okay. I never, I never got bored. It's terrific. Yeah. terrific. It comes out in cinemas uh, this week, I believe, so um, go oh, catch okay. it if you can.
1: Yeah, I had to find time to go and see it. I, I enjoy watching John Week movie since the first one because it's involved dogs and revenge for dogs. And, and Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I've always said to my friend that if John Week, this character, comes out with insurance for dogs yeah. <laughs> it would be a massive hit. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. He's yeah, going yeah, for dogs. dogs feature a lot. Dogs and daughters. There oh, are no wives. Oh, That's always dead in these um, John Wick series. Mm-hmm. Um Women are dead, but daughters and dogs. You know, loyalty, uh, sense of propriety, and like <laughs> a fatherhood and honor. All that is uh, a big trope in these films. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a cute dog in here. A couple of cute dogs, and uh, and it was very sad to see. Um, I forget his name, but the concierge. You told me he died um, recently, the, the black actor uh, who yeah, plays yeah, yeah. the concierge.
1: Uh, yeah. I can't, I can't tell remember. I can't tell It's out of my mind at the moment. Yeah.
0: I, I don't, I, apparently he's like also in the wire, um. Yeah. but yeah. Uh, it was sad. Very young. Yeah. Well, and he was 60 years old. He died of natural causes um, and he literally died um, last week. It's very, very fresh. I it's very know. shocking and new still. So it's very, very sad.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so for myself, I didn't watch anything this week because I don't know what I was busy about. So I only was able to complete reading Dancing Bears, um, which is by the Polish journalist Wito Zbalski. Um We briefly mentioned him. A couple of episodes before about his other book, How to Feed a Dictator. Um, So Dancing Bears, this book divides into two sections. The first section focuses on the history and the rescue um, procedures of Dancing Bears in the region of Bulgaria, which is Eastern Europe, um, a place that I'm totally unfamiliar with. So there was a sanctuary which was set up by foundings of foreign charities to discontinue the culture of capturing wild bears and train them for entertainment. And the second part is uh, about how uh, Szybławski traveled around the areas of Eastern Europe and also Cuba, where they were formerly occupied by the communists and dictators um before the collapse of ussr and asking the residents there about how they feel about the current situations so he interviewed them around the early 2000s and they were asking them about oh how do you feel about current life compared to the communist er- eras? and it's almost like a similar analogy of the the other book how to fear dictator The people that he spoke to expressed you know a lot of uncertainties about joining the western society joining eu and they spoke about the um they were actually were longing for the past times you know they were very pride of what they did before and their leaders and this you get the similar vibe of the chefs and the cooks who cooked for the dictators that they talk genuinely about how kind that their dictator were or what, how the good things that they've done for their country um it actually prompt me i don't know if you ever d- did this but mm. when i was re- if i'm reading a place that i've never been before or i'm not familiar with that's um hardly appear on the news or in the media um i would go on to google Maps and look up uh, the area and then yeah. Pinpoint a street, and I just want to look at the street view. Oh, I, just, I love I, that. I That's the really visual look, view. I just want to kind of get a sense of visual of, yeah, idea yeah, of exactly. what the journalist was writing about. Yeah, and because for maybe for most people in Australia, I mean, f- at least for myself, I don't get we don't get enough news about that area. But,
0: yeah, you know, we don't at all.
1: Um, yeah. because the uh, the book uh talks about Albania, Estonia. Uh, and also Bulgaria so many people that were the journalist interview they talked about the former dictators like Hoxha Castro Stalin um the older people who lived through those eras they really cherish those days you know praising how good that their nation were under the leadership of communism. They had jobs and they had resources that were distributed equally, and to, you know, com- uh, capitalism came into our, came into their country. Uh, before that, they had free education. So, and now it's, they feel like they're, they're, their country is just, um, they got out of communism, but the Western nations are not, not looking after them enough. Mm. Um, so I, I looked up Google map and, the places that were mentioned in in the book, uh, even like Serbia, the streets look really uh, dilapidated. They they look really rundown. You know, there's yes. it reminds me, kind of like Taiwan, thirty years ago. Right. Even the city area, it was more like Zengkar. You know, where yeah. we were uh, our grandparents' area, the count countryside where they yeah have- yeah of rice but they don't there's not there's not a lot of aquaculture productions um in eastern europe i'm assuming now but looking at the street sites it's just very run down there's graffiti everywhere and doesn't feel like the councils were cleaning up overgrown uh empty spaces so yeah it's quite sad i think eastern europe and i don't know if What's happening in Ukraine now would actually remind and bring awareness to people in the West to be more focused of what's happening in the Eastern Europe. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I um I don't know much about um that part of the world. Okay. So my relationship to Bulgaria is um probably the only one is um uh, Garth Greenwell who uh, wrote ah, about his time okay. in called bulgaria teaching english i believe uh-huh. i think he was teaching english in to, Bul- to bulgarian kids um in his books um what belongs to you i think is what it's called it's behind me somewhere in my bookshelf but what belongs to you and cleanness is both um garth greenwell's books um about you know a fictionalized version of his um prevails over there in bulgaria and his uh I think he lived in Sofia, which is the capital, I believe. Yes, yeah. Or Sofia. I don't know how you say it. Um, but, yeah, uh, it seems like an interesting place.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess there's a lot of remainings of very traditional way of architect buildings. Mm, mm. I mean, people flock into um, Prague, Czechoslovakia after it was, I don't know, a couple of decades ago. And from what I heard from my friends who travel there, they're saying like, oh, it's like, it feels like it's gone back time when you go Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's still a lot of gypsies around that area. Um, it just feels like it's a total different place to what you see in the very capitalized Western countries. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what about you? Um, I started uh, a book um, given to me by a friend of mine, Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. Um, The Love Songs of W.E.D. The Voice. Uh, It is obviously very – it's like a book that I feel like maybe 12 months, 18 months ago everyone was talking about. Mm. Um, I've come to it late. Um, Trying to not let the size intimidate me uh, because, like I said before, I don't like books over 200 pages. Uh, This one is – let me just look at it because it's right next to me. This one is um, bigger than two bricks put together. Yeah, very thick book. This one is um, almost 800 pages. Oh. It's 797. However, it doesn't feel big because um, it's very clean, easy storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really easy to read, um, which is what you want if you're going to invest your time with um, with a story that long. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it doesn't, it, do, it never, you know, uh, I don't feel like I, um, withdrawal physically when I see it, I kind of just think, yeah, it's just, um, a, a kind of a friend that I will be carrying with me, um, alongside me for the next, I guess, a week, two weeks. Um, I always really, really, really cherish the times when during the year, when I get to read um, something that's not um, work-related.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I um, review books for um, a major publication in Australia, and um, so and uh, I do them fortnightly. So um, in between those um, weeks, um, when I do find the time to pick up a book of my own choosing, it is like absolutely uh, a godsend. I mean, I am I'm, I'm just so grateful that I get paid to read, you know. Um, so I'm grateful for the job uh, and also for the time I get when I get to choose my own books like this one. Um, and I think because uh, I have been reading a few shorter books, uh, I felt like diving into something long form. Uh, and this one I've only kind of just started. I've, I think I've read about 100 pages, so I have another 600 to go. Six seven hundred, and um, it's kind of like a set in the past, but it's a sort of family saga. Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of different um, generations. geographical um, location? America, okay. Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but at the moment we're kind of, and I think from the blurb, um, we I think we can say safely that it centres around. The a young girl called A Ailey, yeah, her name's Ailey, Um, Ailey Pearl Garfield, and uh, um, what happens to her life? I guess we shall see. I'll keep reading and um, get back to you, Helen, as to how it is. But um, yeah, I'm very excited to see where this goes. So this is the love songs of W. E. D. Du Bois by Honore Fanon Jeffers.
1: Fantastic. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will dive into some discussions about Harmony Days and also um, what had happened in Melbourne and also Canberra yesterday, I believe. Yeah.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, we'll be right back. Okay, so uh, we're back. 2023 marks the 75th anniversary of universal declaration of human rights and nowhere in the world except for australia calls the international day for elimination of racial discrimination harmony day (laughs) so only in australia we call it harmony day Um, i've only known about this uh, a couple of years ago when my kids start coming back from school having a note saying that, oh, we're going to have a Harmony Day celebration in the last week of March. Uh, initially, I thought it was a great idea. And for many second generation or first generation migrants like us, it was almost like a day you can showcase your culture, especially if you yeah. have kids. You know, you can dress up your kids in traditional clothes, which I did with my first child. Um, and back in the days where pre-COVID, um, they and um, the days that they the school had very few dietary restrictions the school or the child care actually encouraged oh my God. students to bring a plate of food that represents your culture so it was a bit of it's it's fun for us um so and then the student parade around the school oval or quadrangle with a traditional clothes and they carry their national flags and they invite the parents to come in for the morning. It's almost like a Easter 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 parade, you know. And the parents talk to each other. Um, we had a bit of fun, and this it, to me it was really fun because I used to live in West Sydney, so you had a lot of different, mm. quite diverse.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um,
1: However, uh, I have heard a couple of funny stories as well where some mainland Chinese parents, they were upset of seeing Chinese flag. They were not happy of seeing Chinese flag. Wait, so, who, where, where? Um, I've heard stories of other Chinese parents that they encounter mainland Chinese parents.
0: That is, that, you know, yeah. It's like, you know, I, I often like I grew up in that. I'm is I'm maybe. so glad I've never actually personally experience
1: that myself yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Same, same for me yeah um so the real name for harmony day which is to me harmony day is more like a oxymoron turn it's very contradictive because it's not really um, harmonious uh, at all in australia i think um so international day for elimination of racial discrimination i i don't know if it's because it's too long for aussies or aussies is just not clever enough to remember uh harmony day sounds better for uh, you know, a lot of people in rhetorics and perhaps it's easier for children to follow as well but um we really need to think about it. are we really tackling racial issues through those you know celebrations you know harmony day sounds like it's very whitewashed and focused solely on the positivity of cultural diversity without opening dialogues of real racial Systemic. yeah
0: Well, in a way that International Women's Day is just a day to quote-unquote celebrate women. Mm. Um, But no, no, nothing to address the systemic um, oppression of women around the world. Yeah. You see
1: that around my area, the communities, they held morning teas and people just sat around and they invite people from different ethnicities to talk. Yeah, yeah i don't know i guess it's positive but i don't know if it's enough um i've seen news that the earlier this month green senator maureen faroki says harmony day really ignores the point of a global recognized day and she wants that the government to revert the name to international day for elimination of racial discrimination um, so this day has been observed annually by the international community on the March 21st to mark the day uh, the police queued 69 people at the demonstration against apartheid in Shepperville, Shepperville in South America in the 1960s. Mm. Um, so there's an the origin of it. But in Australia, we take the day on, under a new name uh During Howard government in 1999, and typically celebrated in school and workplace. Um, There's not enough open discussions about how we are going to eliminate the discrimination in the racial terms. And it's really ridiculous to call a day a celebration, you know. While over last weekend we had anti-trans events and neo Nazis on the street of Melbourne that openly. Displayed Nazi salute. Yeah, Helen, tell us about what happened. So um, I had to go down the rabbit hole and find out what really started all these protests because you know how media like to amplify the very extremist and drastic pictures of mm-hmm. the day. So the first thing I saw was this group of neo Nazis. I was like, oh my god, this is happening in Australia. Are we going to have like extreme right wing terrorists, you know, stabbing people on the street and. So what happened was that there was a um, anti-trans event held by this British turf um, by the name of, I don't even, I don't even use the word turf for her. I don't think she's even feminist um, under the name Posey Parker, which is not even a real name. Yeah. Because Posey
0: Parker is a great American actress.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 uh, I don't know. It's such an embarrassment and such an insult like why she even picked the name um so many different sources provided different names uh different real names I, I don't know if you want your your free speech the the least thing that you can do is provide your real name so um i looked up i think her name is kelly jean kim minshaw or Kelly J. Kin. She, she goes by a lot of different names. And she's been campaigning for anti trans and inciting hate speech. And um, she sets herself as a speaker for women. I'm good, you know, for me, she's not. She's not a speaker for women at all. Mm-hmm. And she has been known for connections with white supremacist advocates. And she was holding a talk in Melbourne over the weekend which for some reason that perhaps uh, the neo-Nazis group saw the opportunity to join her. I don't know if they they were supporting her but some people say they were not because uh, there was a Liberal MP Moira Deming who attended the anti-trans event to support uh, Posey Parker And then it sparked all this fiasco. And apparently that uh, the liberals were saying that they're gonna expel this MP. I don't know if it's happening or not, because I know that there are a lot of liberal representatives that are still very conservative, and they're anti-trans, they're anti-everything, but they don't want to appear as if they're doing so. Yeah, so this is what happened in Melbourne, and the, again uh, yesterday afternoon, I saw another piece of news, which is Posey Parker has moved to, to Canberra to do another speech, just to to do another, you know, uh, speaking event, and then this time Lydia Thorpe, another the independent senator who was previously in the Greens, that she walked up with the Aboriginal flag and saying mm. that you know, you're not welcome here. And unfortunately, she was stopped by a police and was tackled onto the ground. And it's absolutely disgusting to see that scene. Yeah, what do you think of this? I just it like, I had full of rage yesterday that I just couldn't
0: function properly.
1: I just went on climbing, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, and that's why I don't engage with any of it. <laughs> and that's why I just write movie reviews and book reviews. Yeah, it, but you still have to know about these things because... Yeah, and I do know it through oh my- you. But
1: we we just celebrated World Pride Day, you know, a couple of weeks ago in Sydney. You know, where Sydney ciders are saying that, oh, we pride ourselves as, you know, Australia is so advanced, we're so progressive about LGBTQI plus communities, and then we have invited this transphobic. Yeah, I can't find, I just absolutely cannot find any words to describe her that is appropriate to speak publicly.
0: Yeah, and that's why, I mean, um, you, all this anger that you're carrying, that is precisely the reason why I um, very deliberately and very violently don't turn my attention to it, not because I don't not want to acknowledge it or because I am not shocked and dismayed and, um, like you said, disgusted. Obviously, I share all those sentiments, but um, I uh I I put I just yeah, I don't want to make I just I, I let you do all the talking about politics. <laughs> I'll happily just talk forever about movies and books. That's all I wanna think about for the rest of my life. I cannot, I can't do any like politics is the the older I get, the more I'm just like you if you want to have a conversation about politics and the state of the world when it comes to those abhorrent people, um I will listen, but I I just I can't contribute because I the moment I open my mouth about it, or I I also just don't I I know I don't feel qualified to talk about it because I I haven't done all the research and um reading up about you know about it in the way that you have Helen, um and it's I just yeah my I I want to keep my safe space as um as I treasure my kind of mental health um more and more and i know that you know speaking about it or engaging with this is just not healthy for me so mm. yeah so that's why i just like okay. you know i only want to uh, the only thing that i look forward to is um what's coming out next week at dendy and um <laughs> the next books that are being released next week
1: yeah well i don't think i engage so much um politically but it Affects me personally because I have friends in the community and I always see myself as an ally, which sounds yeah, good on you. Yeah, some people that I commend you for that. Is but, um, I just because when you talk about when a group of people that is transphobic, what are they going to target next? They will po- be possibly targeting people from other minority, um, communities, you know, they might be targeting. Um, Asians, they will be targeting uh, people with disabilities. So it, it's a never-ending cycle that I think if people are not aware of uh, the danger that this right-wing extremism is inflicting in our society, um, I obviously don't want to see what happened in what was it? it was a Christchurch in New Zealand a couple of years ago. This happened out of nowhere in australia and i think our our government i know they're ta- taking actions against you know right-wing ser- extremism but I, I think as a society as a generous um citizen ourselves that we need to be aware of these things happening too yeah um moving on into <laughs> to something a bit more like uh,
0: yeah uh, the world happiness report was released uh earlier this week um, and Helen, do you want to guess where the happiest nation is? Which is the happiest nation?
1: Um, most likely the Sc- Scandinavian countries, isn't it? It's always been yeah. like
0: Scandinavian countries. Why, yeah, yeah, and Scandinavians are known for their great education system, gender equality, uh, not known for their weather. It's cold. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Finland topped, it, uh, topped the list again, uh, the sixth year in a row. Um, the World Happiness Report is kind of like a survey of the well-being, income, um, general health and, you know, uh, opinions, I guess, uh, that uh, a, a certain population have. Uh, self-reflection, of course, self-reflective. Um, it's interesting to note that um, what I found interesting was um, seeing that the top three countries, uh, so the top three countries were uh, Finland, uh, and Denmark, and then um, Iceland mm. came in number three. Um, those countries were also um, at the top of the uh, World Economic Forum's gender equality rankings, mm. and I thought that was interesting because, um, you know, like I, I said this to someone the other day, like, isn't it fantastic that, you know, um, the countries that are more equal um, are also the generally more happy? and they were like they said to me yeah of course like if half the population's upset or like not happy with their freedom or their ability their human rights obviously you know it won't be a a happy place and i was like oh yeah of course like it seems like such a like basic um conclusion to make that i didn't actually think about but um my first response when i found this out i was like isn't finland freaking cold don't they get like eight like three hours of sunlight yeah day, all three all three of those something.
1: canadian countries are very cold and also yeah. uh i do have a couple of questions but go on yeah
0: oh um, no that was all our, that was all. <laughs> okay I was gonna say. and i think at the bottom of the list um was like lebanon and afghanistan um the least happiest country in the world and mm. you know we don't we obviously don't need to tell you listeners reasons why
1: reasons yeah yeah um i think so you said finland denmark and, and I, like Iceland, yeah. But didn't Iceland went into like the whole country bankrupt a couple of years ago? I think they had a huge financial instability. Did or they? Like. Yeah, they so had uh, like a oh, uh, bankrupt, uh, bankrupt. Yeah, or something. Right? Yeah, a years ago, not long ago. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, the Scandinavian countries who have uh, who have received the position of being the happiest in the world. Are most likely the ones that are highly involved in war. That's that's definitely the very important. Hardly,
0: incident. hardly, you know. hardly. Yeah, not. Oh, I thought you hardly. said highly.
1: Yeah, hardly. They they haven't been really involved in conflicts with anyone uh, around the globe, and they have. I'm assuming. Um, someone can call me out, but I'm assuming they have really low immigration rates. I feel like they're very mono.
0: Culture, yeah, yeah they are they
1: are yeah yep. so that will probably lower the issues of the importing of um outsiders culture or tr- people who is trying to assimilate i don't feel like any of those three countries have uh because when we he- when we listen into uh refugee issues in europe is usually turkey uh germany or somewhere that the is UK. closer to the east
0: mm.
1: yeah, or the UK. Yeah, so hardly any Scandinavians don't really think I've heard enough stories about Scandinavians receiving refugees. Yeah. So maybe that's why they don't have to deal with um, change. Trauma and pain? Yeah, trauma and pain and also a lot of changes. If you just remain comfortable in your own home, you're not having you know impact from outsiders then you don't have to deal with all this yeah not talking about dealing with sheds but you're dealing with less issues you'd less you're dealing with less conflict or less um what's the word i'm trying to find different
0: different background different values different systems of thinking
1: yeah yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago, there was this, you know, mass mass killing in Norway, um, which is very unfortunate. I think that's that's another right wing extremist. Mm, who
0: yeah,
1: it's really fucked up in the, his head. Anders
0: Anders Breivik, I think, was his name.
1: Yeah. You
0: mean yeah, the one that was shot like seventy seven eight seventy plus kids at the, on the island.
1: Yeah, yeah. And was it in a camp or something like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, was,
0: was horrifying. Yeah.
1: And I, I don't know the I don't know Finland Denmark and also um, Iceland, Iceland Im- yeah. immigration policy maybe they're yeah. discriminatory but no one ever talked about it because no one can ever yeah. I I yeah, did remember think... that one of my friends trying to get to Denmark because she oh, yeah? traveled there a couple of years ago before she coming back to Australia she said she loved the place but she found it so hard to assimilate yeah yeah and she
0: yeah. traveled it's there very mo- yeah. it's very very one. It's very monoculture.
1: Yeah, it's very monoculture.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and she said that she just don't feel like there is any job opportunities for her as an Asian person there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be the reason why they call themselves the (laughs) happy. Because everyone, there's no differences. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's just my own theory, yeah.
0: That's very interesting. I really, uh, yeah, I'm going to think about that. Yeah, and then the, apparently their language is
1: very hard to learn. Finnish is very
0: difficult. Yeah. 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 But I, I just wanted to clarify, Helen's not saying that places with more, a lot of multicultural, um, Helen is not saying that places with a lot of multiculturalism um, equals less happy. That's
1: not what you're. Oh saying. no, of course not. No, yeah.
0: and I think that
1: happiness is very subjective. Like, what, how, yeah, yeah, do you, how do you define happiness? People's people's idea of happy is very very different.
0: Well, it's just a generic term, but they basically cut, they like they, they segreg, they um, divide the um survey, I guess, into mm-hmm. you know, if you feel like you are free. To do whatever you want, um, if you feel like your health is being looked after by the government, if you feel like you have support networks around you, if you feel like um, you have access to jobs and services, you know, a lot of different things um, that all kind of contribute to, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, like the 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 term happiness is just a um, it's just I think it's just an easy way to categorize um, or to like um, give satisfaction
1: the satisfaction of your nation
0: no it's just a it's just a broad title in order to you know a label this survey but yeah. um like you said it has nothing to do with actual the emotion of happiness i think it's just it's just um it, it's just an umbrella term to um to like kind of analyzing the different logistical and material um aspects of what makes a fulfilling and comfortable life
1: mm mm-hmm. Like I would like to hear stories of an Asian or a non just uh black, indigenous or people of colour or someone who's not white, um, living in Scandinavia countries and tell us a story there. Like I would like to know that if you immigrate there, do you genuinely feel happy? Do you think that it is true that where you're living is the happiest, you know, in yeah, yeah I I like to yeah, I'm I'm going a bit rebel <laughs> on this subject, but yeah, it's interesting that um, these three countries are also led by women. They all yeah. have you know, female leaders, presidents. Uh, yeah. President. yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so since we're, we're, both Helen and I are based in Australia, do you want to take a stab at which ranking Australia came in at? Oof. How many are up there on the list? Uh, um, um, let me have a look right now. There are 137 countries, 137. Afghanistan is at the very end.
1: I would say, uh, optimistically, yeah, yeah, this 35, 35.
0: Wow, okay, wow. Well, um, we came in at number 12.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, we're one of the richest countries in the world.
1: Yeah, we are. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. Do you want to? Um,
1: optimistically, so, and it sounds really sad when I say yeah. so this. It... Yeah.
0: Um. So in, in this report, I'm not sure why, but um, they've put Taiwan as Taiwan Province of China.
1: Oh my god.
0: Um. Yeah. That that and, just gives me the idea of this. Um.
1: List is so invalid for me.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. A,
1: If they're gonna regard Taiwan as a province, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, um, so Taiwan. Let's just say Taiwan, since Mm -hmm. you know we're proud Taiwanese people. Do you want to guess where we came in? Um, I don't know. Maybe around
1: fifty-ish. I'll guess around fifty. Meet fifty.
0: Yeah. Um. uh, Let me just double check that. Um. We came in at twenty-nine. Oh, okay. That's not too bad. Yeah and you the
1: shitty news and the yeah. comments i hear daily from the tiniest people what what are, what other countries are in the top 10
0: um i'm going to look for you now um, finland denmark iceland israel is number 4 netherlands sweden norway switzerland luxembourg and that number 10 is new zealand
1: yeah new zealand i agree most of the, israel oh I yeah go.
0: interesting hey now I'd like to know
1: what sort of people that you interview <laughs> they ask yeah. okay so that's it uh, from us this week uh, remember to subscribe here our podcast on Spotify Google and Apple and give us a 5 star rating if you like to support us what we do here at Asian Bitches Down Under head to Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation for us to continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry
0: um. Anything else this week, Jess? No. Um. Hopefully, we'll have a good weekend of rest and relaxation.
1: Yes, we do. Yeah. Yes, we will. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll chat to you next time. Bye.